Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and we are glad that you are back. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, my co-host, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I am doing quite well, sir, and I'm glad to be back for another episode, man. Cold beans. We are uh, kind of like running like without Lee for a couple of weeks, so that's been kind of interesting. Yeah, well, it's been fun to see his escapades over in Europe, which <laughs> have just been some wonderful pictures. Seems like he's having a great time, you know, and he's meeting other hosts who we have never met before, like uh, Dave Cooper. So it's yes. it's cool experiencing it through his eyes or his Facebook page. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, following him and his wife, Karen, that has been, like you said, that's been fun. So even though... um we haven't been there. We kind of have been there, thanks to Dave Cooper. <laughs> that was quite hilarious, sir. I was not expecting the the uh, discussing who printed T shirt of our uh, actual picture we took at Hulana twenty eighteen. Yes, that so, was like yeah. awesome, awesome, quite awesome. a shock, quite a shock. Dave, you rock. Yes, he does indeed. Yes, he does. So uh, kudos to Dave. And I can't wait to, uh, for Lee to get back and hear all the stories. And, you know, like you said, awesome pictures that we've seen. So we do know that as of about two hours ago, they have safely landed and are on their way home. So kudos. To ah, good, good, good. Yeah. Safe travels. <laughs> so, so for this particular episode, we are heading into an interview that you and I conducted the other night with a lady by the name of Elisa Stern. Yes, yes, yes. Dr. Puppet. You know, I'm always fascinated by people who lend their creativity to a particular property and what she has done as an artist. That's what she, she does this in a professional life as well, but it's just kind of astounding what she has done and getting into it. And just, you know, I went through several playlists of all the videos at once and, you know, just, just a good interview. And, um, this is a special one. So people should definitely tune in. She is amazing. I mean, I, the the whole idea of you you made a comment that she made you like the twelfth doctor's um there was a silent night rendition that you, yeah. she made you actually like the guitar and that was really really cool yeah that's the only time I liked the guitar man it was it was, it was quite fascinating so for anyone listening we will be right back with Elisa Stern. And as we said a moment ago, we are back with the creator of the Dr. Puppet, Elisa Stern. Elisa, hello. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. We are super excited to have you on. Thank ah. you, thank you, thank you. Oh, that's great. I want to ask the first question out of the gate. Tell us the story, if you would, of how the Dr. Puppet got its start. <laughs> well, I'm. it's a... Uh... I'll try to do the short parts version. Um, <laughs> I mean, it started uh, in 2012. So, uh, gosh, <laughs> almost uh, just about six years ago or a little over six years, which is crazy. I can't believe I've been doing that it's that long. But it actually it started back when Matt Smith was a doctor. Uh, and I was uh, I'm an animator. I'm a puppet maker. I've always been been those things. So professional animator for about 10 years now and at the time I was teaching a stop motion class and a puppet making class and I'd taught this class for a semester already and this uh, in this semester I had just started I was going to make an example puppet for my students and 
a bunch of the students in my class were really into Doctor Who too and we were talking about it. It was kind of an exciting time because we knew that um Karen Gillan was leaving the show and there was I remember we were all discussing who the next companion should be. So that was, you know, twenty twelve, that's what was going on and Doctor Who and I was kind of inspired because they were into Doctor Who. I thought, oh, I have to make this puppet as an example for them. I'll make Matt Smith. And uh, he kind of reminded me of a puppet. So something sparked in there. So I made the Matt Smith puppet. And I never really had an intention of what, like, I didn't know what else I would do with him. I made him for the class, but everyone liked him. My friends liked him. They were like, this is cool. You made the puppet. And uh, I kind of wanted to share him with other Doctor Who fans. So I actually made a Tumblr. Um, also very 2012. I made a Tumblr. That's drpuppet.tumblr.com. And I would just bring the puppet around with me and take photos of him and then post them on my Tumblr. And, um, it got popular. People liked the, the, seeing the puppet in places. I did that for a while. Um, but I was always trying to like engage more. It kind of got like, um, you know, once there were some fans and people cared, it, it gets really like, you know, you really, uh, you can kind of get into like having an audience, like it's really addictive. Um, I found it very addictive to, to know that people cared about my work. I'd never had that before, but I mean, see, I'm rambling already. <laughs> it's not the no. short, short, the short parts version. Okay, good. But basically, uh, after doing the blog for a while, I am an animator and it was a stop motion pup, but I said, all right, I should animate this thing. I've done the blog for a while. Uh, so I made a Christmas video kind of, again, it was kind of like kismet, just like Matt Smith worked well as a puppet. I said, Hey, I'll do a Christmas video because of course, stop motion puppets, very associated with Christmas in America, a little less so in the UK, but America, Rudolph, you know, that's what we think of with motion. So I said, Hey, I've got him. Doctor who does Christmas specials. Look at this. So I made my first Christmas special called how the doctor puppet saved Christmas. And that came out in December 2012, um, just a, a few days before the real Christmas special aired. And my video was based on Rudolph, so that the premise was that there was this uh, terrible snowstorm in New York City and, um, you know, Christmas was going to be canceled because the snow was so yeah. crazy. And then the doctor saved the day and it turns out the snow was tiny aliens, actually, like little tiny um, yes. snowflake UFOs. And, of course, I came up with that idea in uh you know october september october is when i made the bulk of this and then i didn't know anything about the real doctor who christmas special that year and which one was it that year the, the snowman one <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a funny way to start doctor puppet so once i did the one christmas video then things kind of led to another and um I made this this long story. I kind of got involved with Nerdist, so that kind of helped me oh, be wow. able to get some help. So I was able to bring on some of my friends. And, you know, although this is still, you know, we don't really have a budget, but we had a little means to try to, like, a little something to work with to make it possible for me to bring on some friends. And then we got more ambitious. And that's when, um, in 2013, is when we started the long story as I call it. So that's the long um, story we've been telling in multiple parts. The first on um, the first episode came out in 2013. And then we did a bunch more in 2013 because they were more manageable then. And then we got, again, we kept getting more and more ambitious, kind of like the <laughs> Harry Potter books. Everyone got longer and longer. So yeah. um, we are really close to done with uh, the eighth episode, which is the finale, the actual conclusion to the story we started in 2013. So that's Dr. Buffett. 
So what makes your team want to do this labor of love? You mentioned initially starting it with your students and them kind of spurring you on. So what 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 makes you and this team of people you've kind of corralled in want to continue what I consider a labor of love? Uh, yeah, I mean, that that really is it. I mean, the, the people who help me really love Doctor Who. Um and love animation and love storytelling and, and, you know, love this audience that we have. That's really helped. Um, you know, we, we all have come to appreciate how special the Doctor Who fandom is. It really is a special group of fans. Uh, you know, they, it's something about Doctor Who fan art in particular. I think the the BBC has been extraordinarily kind to us. Uh, the fans have been extraordinarily kind, you know, everyone, um, tells us that they do care about our story and are <laughs> very anxiously awaiting the, the final chapter. So I think that really spurs us on to make this. And, you know, we committed to telling this story. Um, so, you know, it, it's all those, all those things I think kind of wrapped together. I'm not sure we could do this, um, with another fandom necessarily. I don't think we would have quite had the same kind of support, um, especially you know, from the BBC who, you know, who, um, are very supportive of, of fan works. Uh, you know, I think that they have a, an understanding of, of how, you know, fan art is very healthy <laughs> that, it, uh, you know, we are respecting their intellectual property. Um, we're using it in a no, respectful no, 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 no. way. This so is no one's coming to shut us down. Um, so, you know, I think that we're all invested in these characters. So we really take pride in, in using them respectfully and, and, you know, we get into their stories. So yeah, I think that's it. But, uh, it's, it's still a lot of time and a lot of effort to put into someone else's intellectual property, which again, Dr. Puppet evolved organically. You know, it, it went from this tiny thing and I didn't have this all planned out. So I'm not sure, <laughs> I would have, um, you know, I'm not sure I would have planned to make to be spending six years on this, you know, if I had planned it, because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you hit on something that I find very interesting. You mentioned something about the BBC being very supportive. And I know that using Paramount in the States as a kind of as an example, what they have, they, you know, they're kind of very exclusive in how they control their mm -hmm. properties. So my question for you, just as in maybe Doctor Who as a whole, mm -hmm. what do you think that makes Doctor Who unique? I think the, you know, it's been on so long. I think that's, an, you know, one big thing. It's, it's, it's been on for a very long time. And I think that it's, um, you know, it's, it's interesting as a show, unlike, uh, Star Wars or Star Trek, there isn't such a sense of like authorship. Like it's not like it belongs to George Lucas or, you know, now Disney. It, Doctor Who really feels like it belongs to a lot of people because it was created by, you know, Sidney Newman and, and, you know, Verity Lambert was the first producer and those people created it, but it, it, it's been on so long. It's been kind of handed to so many different showrunners and, and, and writers. I think that's one big part. It, it really has a, uh, you know, this feeling of being very collaborative all, over all the years it's been on. Every showrunner really gave the show a new identity. And, you know, it's, it, it's such an interesting concept, the doctor and, you know, the TARDIS and traveling the universe. It's a show that can have so many identities and facets. So I think that that is what makes it really unique. And that's what allows it to, um, you know, what, why fan art works so well and fan works, um, you know, lend themselves so nicely with Doctor Who because everyone can kind of have their own take on it and it all feels like it fits together. You know, yeah. do you agree? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
that's yeah. makes it really special. So, so you mentioned that first episode in 2012, the Christmas episode. So what is the typical production time uh, of each episode that you produce from start to finish? Uh, I mean, we've, we've turned some around in, in like a, just, um, you know, like six weeks. I think that's the shortest we've ever turned one around. The one that was, was rather simple. Even that first Christmas um, special, the planet that came for Christmas, I really made that pretty much by myself. I had a few wow. people help me make some of the props, but I mean, in looking back at it, it's extraordinarily simple. There's really only one set. There's minimal effects. The animation is, is not even very good. It's very, very simple and basic. Nothing really happens. Um, you know, it's really all me. The one um, thing that I couldn't do on my own, of course, was the music because I'm not uh, a musician. I'm not a composer. I could make the puppet and the set and I could animate it and do the um, compositing and the effects, but I couldn't do the music. And uh, on my Tumblr page way back in uh, around November, I realized like I, if I am going to release this video at Christmas, it has to have some music. I need some original yeah. Christmas music. And I didn't know anyone who could do it. So I put a post on my Tumblr saying, hey, um, anyone want to make some music for me? Basically, I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. I can't pay. And uh, someone responded to that and said, I know a guy who could do it for you. I know a guy who's, who would be perfect. And she sent me his email and I got in touch with him. And that was a guy in England named Scott. And uh, he did the music for that first episode. And it just blew me away because he did it in just a day. He did it really, really wow. quickly. Um, he was a, a university student. And he I remember he emailed me and he's like, I'd love to do it. But I, you know, I'm only have until like Sunday because I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going home for Christmas and I won't have access to my uh my music equipment. So we got to do it quickly. And I was like, okay. So that really spurred me on to finish it. Cause I had a deadline to hand it off to him. So I really credit this stranger in England for really, you know, <laughs> giving me a deadline where it's like, if I want this music, I have to get it done. So I gave it to him and, um, yeah. And then he became a great collaborator, collaborator on Dr. Who. And I mean, on Dr. Puppet, <laughs> not Dr. Who, Dr. Puppet, this stranger in England, I didn't know at all. And, um, he's done all the music and he's actually also the narrator that you hear oh, in, in wow. most of the, 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 the British narrator. Um, and he became a, a huge, huge part of Dr. Puppet. Like I, um, more than anything, uh, he ended up contributing a huge amount. Um, but <laughs> I didn't really answer your question. No, but, no, it was great. Yeah. yeah. That one we turned around very quickly because it was really simple. The one we're working on right now, we've been working on for two years. So <laughs> over two years. But that's because it's the finale. Um, there's a lot that is going on in it. It's a very complicated uh, episode because we have a lot of loose strings to wrap up. <laughs> You've seen Dr. Puppet. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, not too spoilery to say it has quite a few puppets in it. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Um, it's also very long. It's going to be between eight and nine minutes long. Um, and we're actually, it, it's funny <laughs> right now. Um, there is half a shot left to animate. Um, uh -huh. Um, amazing. I, I mean, I might have finished it tonight if I wasn't talking to you. Maybe I'll finish <laughs> it tomorrow. This whole week, every night, I say I'm going to do the rest, the second half of that shot, and then something else. I have something else planned. I'm like, yeah, maybe tomorrow. I'm going to do it over the weekend. Half. You've given me an interesting thought as you were just saying <laughs> that, but I am assuming. 
that at the end of this story, that it will continue because you've, we've got now Dr. 13. We've already seen pictures of the Dr. 13 or the 13th Dr. Puppet. So I'm wondering for this particular story, though, if you're finding things that are delaying or trying to delay doing that second half of that scene, <laughs> no, is it because you don't want to finish that final story? Oh, no, not at all. I still want to finish the final story. It's not I have I won't spoil everything, but I will spoil that the 13th Doctor has nothing to do with this video. because <laughs> um, I mean, We've been making Doctor Puppet so long. We started in 2013 when when Matt, well, or 2012, really. But I really, you know, I started this this story, the story that um, this multi part story, the long story. I started it in 2013. That's when I wrote the script. Eleven, eleven was the Doctor. Uh, Twelve hadn't been announced yet, so my original draft didn't account for the Twelfth Doctor. We've been making it so long. I had to make some tweaks. Understood. Understood. But. The tweaks, <laughs> I, we were already animating when 13 was announced, so I wasn't going to put her in. I mean, Doctor Puppet is a story where the 11th Doctor keeps running into his past Doctors. That was the original yeah. idea I had. I wanted to do a multi-Doctor story, and I thought, how cool would it be if he just keeps running into himself? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and something bad happens every time he does. And then the more he tries to not run into himself, he keep, you know, it keeps happening. And the more he tries to avoid it, it happens more and more. And it gets harder and harder for him to, you know, his past is unraveling. And that's a very specific order. He runs into 10 and then 9 and then 8. Well, when the War Doctor was announced, we were animating the episode where he runs into the 5th Doctor. So... I was already past the point where he could have run into the war doctor. Otherwise, it would have accounted for him, too. So two, well, really, three doctors got announced in the in the time that it took me to, to finish telling this story. But, you know, that that's the only reason I'm putting off animating that final episode is just having like five hours where I can be uninterrupted. But, <laughs> you know, I have another question, which is. When you're talking about doing your writing and your creating of these stories, what is your general or typical writing process, and how does that take place when you are creating these characters? Um, good question. I mean, I really, I'm always thinking about what I would want to see on the show because for me, Doctor Puppet is just like wish fulfillment. Like, you know, that's what all fan fiction is. Like, what what do I want to see? This show can't do, but even bigger than that more than what I personally want to see because they're puppets because it's stop motion puppets and it's animation. You know, we can do something the show can't do. We can put two actors together who can't on the show because, um, one has passed away or, or they're just, you know, uh, they're older now and you know so we can we can bring back you know the third doctor the first doctor the fourth doctor and he can look like he did you know when he was the doctor we can do all that so i really wanted to do some interesting pair-ups i said how would it cool would it be if the 11th doctor met the second doctor because you know of course matt smith based a lot of his performance on the second doctor so i wanted to do some like interesting thing and that was my main idea for for having the idea that Eleven would meet every single other doctor, you know, it was, that was kind of, that's what spurred it on. And then I kind of had to take each individual um, doctor and then figure out a story where that could happen. And, you know, that was tough. Some of them, it was like, what well, would be kind of cool. And I usually just, um, you know, think of like one little thing, like, 
I think a good example is the third episode, which is where the 11th Doctor meets the 9th. And that whole episode takes place in a garden. And the whole idea of that came, of course, from the idea of, of a rose. I said, how yeah. funny would it be if we see the 9th Doctor sniffing a rose? Because I knew that would just tug at people's heartstrings. Yeah. I said, that would be great. And I said, okay, well, there's a story here. So he's in the garden. And then that's the episode where the 11th Doctor is investigating because he's kind of going through this process of trying to figure out what's happening to his past. So that's the only time he actively seeks out another doctor. And he's like, I'm going to go find the ninth doctor and make sure everything's fine. I'm going to like spy on him for a little bit. And then it kind of turns into this funny little like cat and mouse where the 11th doctor doesn't want to get seen. And then it's just kind of like a little goofy scene and nothing really happens in the episode. It's really just kind of having fun. Some of them have like a slightly meatier story. Like actually the one we're working on now is very complicated and that one took a long time to figure out. But, you know, I kind of, so it's more like little finding little nuggets of interaction or little like visuals. I'm a, a I mean, I write yeah. Dr. Puppet, but it's funny because there's no dialogue. It's all visual. So for me, it's really finding scenes and then kind of figuring the story around them and just making sure it flows. I've always had an emotional flow through Dr. Puppet because it's really Eleven's journey. So it starts out like, you know, he's confused and then he decides to actively seek it out and then he starts investigating and then his investigation just uncovers that this is something that he can't stop and, you know, investigating it just makes it worse. So then he has to try to run from it and then running from it doesn't work. And then the final um, episode seven is the one where he just gives up. So that's the one where he's yeah. like, I'm going to just stop looking and I'll just let it happen. And that's the one where he just kind of, you know, he, he gives in and he lets the light happen and, and, you know, take the doctor. And then he, at the last minute, he decides to be active again and then jump into so the light. so Matt Smith. So Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah. So. I, good, yeah. Um, so that's that's it. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of thinking. Like, uh, I go for walks and, and think and just let the ideas come to me. It's hard. Writing is hard. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to write dialogue. I don't know yeah. if I could. Well, well, let me ask you about was was the decision to have no dialogue was that a conscious decision? Because I know oh, yeah. you mentioned you had pretty much started before you even had your 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 um, musician slash scorer yeah. on board. So, uh, yeah, was that you said it was? But kind of walk us through that decision not to have actual dialogue in the show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I I mean, there were a couple reasons. One, it just complicates things because, um, you know. In animation, I, I like to avoid dialogue when I can because it's difficult to animate. Um, you know, it just it adds another a, another layer, and it's not the only way to tell a story. You don't have to have the characters yeah. talk. That first episode did have actually the most dialogue we've ever had because it had a narrator who was the the snowman, which was um uh the the Burl Ives snowman, and he actually did talk. And a friend of mine did that voice because I hadn't met um Scott yet who became the narrator on the uh, the long story. But I, I didn't want to do it for that reason. Also, I didn't want to have any impressions of the actors. I really yeah. didn't like that idea. I didn't, you know, I didn't think I'd be able to find anyone. I didn't even want to find someone. Um, so that was, you know, the main thing. And, um, you know, and I think the story works well that the puppets are, are silent. And I like the idea of just having an omniscient narrator who kind of clarified things. It kind of helped with it being kind of like a children's story, which works well for Eleven. The funny yeah. thing, though, is that when I did find Scott and then 
Scott and I um, became friends. And, um, you know, that's when he kind of told me, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm an actor, too. I'm not just a composer. So I said, great, you can be the narrator. And he's an incredible <laughs> actor. Um, but he said, I also do some impressions. And he's then he does his fourth doctor impression. And it's spotless. He does a perfect perfect fourth doctor impression so when the episode um the sixth episode which is the one that has the fourth doctor came up and we're like i kind of gave in i'm like okay we'll have one line of dialogue so that's the <laughs> only time the doctor um the doctor puppet speaks in that episode um when the fourth doctor is revealed he turns around and he says would you like a jelly baby of course and that a lot of people think i just pulled a clip of tom baker oh, i wow. didn't that's that's um that's Scott talking, not Tom Baker. <laughs> well, I fall into that category because I actually did think that you pulled a clip of Tom Baker, so he was that good. No, that's Scott. Uh, he is that good. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I still wouldn't, uh, you know, even if I had known Scott better going in, um, I wouldn't have, have changed that. I'm, I'm quite happy with, uh, um, you know, the puppets being quiet. Of course, the one exception, well, the other. Not the one. The the real exception with the puppets talking is there is a, a Doctor Puppet clip that you can't find on YouTube. The only place you can find it is on the series eight DVD. The oh, real really? DVD. There's a documentary on there called Earth Conquest, which is the documentary they filmed while they were um, doing the world tour to for the Twelfth Doctor's introduction. And they, as part of the documentary, they interviewed different fan artists and they interviewed me. And uh, after my interview, they asked if I would like do a little animation. And I said, um, okay, maybe. And they're like, I think we can get Peter to do some dialogue and maybe, what? maybe Jane. I was like, okay. So <laughs> uh, they did. They, they recorded some lines as a segue out of the interview. Um, and, uh, they, they told us, Oh, you know, we need this in three days. And I said, Oh my God. So I actually didn't animate that. Aaron did. Who's one of the, one of my friends who I kind of dragged into Dr. Puppet and she's an incredible animator. She's a much better animator than me. And she ended up, um, animating this 22nd, um, clip, which is really long. 20 seconds is a lot of animation. And it's, um, it's, uh, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. They're not in character. They are themselves. Um, but we, we just took the puppets and we changed their outfits so that they're not in, um, Clara and doctor clothes. They're in, uh, different wow. clothes. And, uh, so I did, <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, Aaron animated that. So that's, uh, yeah, the actual voices. I have another question for you, which is in a way a segue from that, and which is how did you, it feel for you? regardless of whether or not that they were 12th and Clara, and even if it was the voice actors or the actors themselves, for you to see your creations come to life using their voices. I mean, it was great. And it didn't, I don't know, it, it wasn't like too shocking or weird at all. It felt right. I mean, the, <laughs> I spend more time with the puppet than I do watching the show. So I get away. <laughs> um, I guess I'm always hearing their voices, but it was, it was super cool. That was a really fun thing. Um, yeah. And it's only see that clip on the DVD. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And, and Erin did an amazing job. She had to animate that in one day and, uh, she did it and it's dialogue. So it's, it's really hard. Um, but she, she did a great job. Yeah. So let me ask a quick question here. If you don't mind, you're talking about the doctors and taking them out of the context of their norm in this case, but for the doctor puppet, how do you find that thing? 
whatever that thing might be mm. that represents a particular doctor? I think, uh, I mean, really, I, I don't find it that difficult because I think the, the BBC has done an amazing job over the years casting because really every actor has been really unique. Um, they've done an amazing job pretty much from the beginning. And I mean, especially recently, um, you know, they look incredibly different from each other. So physically, each one is different. Their costume is different. So it's really that. And each actor, I mean, I will credit the BBC for finding the actor and then each <laughs> yes. actor themselves for then finding their own performance. And, you know, at this point, there's been so many. A lot of the new ones reference older doctors, like Eleven references to a lot. Um, 12 references three a lot but they still find their own thing and and this is something aaron and i and also rachel so aaron and rachel are the two animators who do the bulk of the animation on dr puppet at this point um uh the three of us will animate but they they definitely do a lot more of it than me i'm usually the one making the puppets and doing all the computer um digital compositing stuff but um, you know, we have these very nerdy animation discussions where we look at the doctors and we talk about like that thing. You know, when I'm making them, I'm very focused on the silhouette of each character, like um, you know, really basic stuff, just like what's the shape of their jaw, because that's really the puppet heads are so simple. That's my job as a sculptor is to find that shape. A very, very simple shape. Like Peter Capaldi's head is a triangle and uh, Matt Smith is a, is a rectangle and Jody Whitaker is, uh, like very round, but with a very like, um, like a, her jaw is very angular, but she has a very, the rest of her head is very round. So it's just the little things like that. And then when we animate them, it's like finding the other thing. Like Matt Smith is really easy to animate because he's just all over the place. He's very noodly. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, <laughs> he really is that like newborn giraffe thing. He's just very wobbly. But, um, 12 isn't, you know, Peter Capaldi is, is everything he does is purposeful. He's focused. And Aaron especially really honed in. She did. Um, some of the, the the first animation we ever did, and she was the one who really figured out his mannerisms. She really studied him, and she described him as a velociraptor. You know, he's said he's honed in. He's very very focused. Um, he tends to keep his arms um, kind of folded, so his um, with like at a right angle, so his like elbows are locked in, like like a velociraptor. Um, he tends to be very stooped. He's very like <laughs> like Dracula like at times. <laughs> Um, so it, it's really those things, um, that kind of makes them all unique, um, <laughs> which is great. It makes our job really easy. I think that, um, you know, said this <laughs> is kudos to the BBC and all the actors. They do make it easy for us. It's very easy to find that nugget of uniqueness in each doctor. So, so when all that uniqueness and, and finding what makes each doctor tick, um, how long does it take to build the typical puppet? Uh, what 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 are you looking at for a time range for building one? That, I mean, I can do one quickly in a week or so, but uh, the most recent ones have taken me longer. Like 13, for example. Um, I made her head back in, um, I guess, October or November, fairly soon after she was announced. I started making her head right away. Um and it was a pretty easy head. I, it probably took me a few days to make. Um, uh, you know, again, I just had to find the shape of her head. You know, I had a few false starts just trying to figure it out until I, I felt like that, that was the right shape. And then I made her wig. Um, the wigs usually take me about a day to make. And, and they're fun. I love making the wigs. I go to the uh, beauty shop and 
I buy hair extensions. Um, <laughs> and her hair was very easy to find, very easy to find straight blonde hair. That was easy. Peter Capaldi's wig was so difficult that the puppet had a few bad wigs in the beginning and it, it took me forever to find really good curly gray hair. Not a very common um, hair extension that you can find. It took me a long time. I had to go to many hair shops in downtown Brooklyn before I found one. But the, uh, the straight blonde hair, super easy to find. So that was an easy wig and I painted her, um, her roots on just a little acrylic paint to give her the dark roots so that was done but i didn't want to make her body yet because i really wanted to hold off until we knew the costume and everything so with the costume was actually announced in november right but I, I i put it off i mean the big thing when the costume came out it was actually um like the day before li who which is a doctor who convention um here in new york that I was going to, and it was just amazing because they dropped that costume on like a Thursday. The convention started on Friday, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like the convention <laughs> like tweeted out, they're like, "If anyone shows up in the costume, we'll give you a prize. You have a day to put it together. Good luck." Of course, some people <laughs> did, and um, uh, one of the, the oh, there was a BBC employee at the um, uh, at the convention, and he said, "I've seen the coat in person, and the color correction on that photo is terrible. It's, it's not those colors at all." So then oh, I was like, really? "Oh my god, what are the colors?" Um, he said, "Yeah, it looks uh, it looks tan in that photo. It's blue." And so it's like, "Oh no, everything's a lie." So I really wanted to hold off. Also, it was just one photo, so we couldn't see the back of it. We didn't really know, you know, because the coat was really opened. We couldn't really tell what the front of it really looked like. So I was going to hold off on making the costume until we had more photos. But they started shooting, and it was just the set was so locked down. There were no photo leaks. <laughs> So I said, I'm no going to wait and wait and wait and wait. And finally, in um, January, very late to the party, I decided to go to Gallifrey One. I'd never been before. I said, I'm going to go to Gallifrey One this year. I got my ticket. And then I said, oh, gosh, I don't think I can show up at Gallifrey One without the puppet in a costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had about a month um, to make it. And luckily, some photos of the set started leaking. And that costume took me basically almost every night after work. I was sewing on that sewing that costume, and it took me about three weeks to make. That was the wow. hardest costume I've ever made. I mean, just, she has a tough costume. It's great. I, uh, you know, I thought it was a little a little much at first, but by the end of making me having to make it and look at it all the time, I love it now. <laughs> I think it's a great costume. It's so weird. Um, it is <laughs> there's a lot going on and it took me a little while to get used to but now i'm 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 here for it so that was the most complicated one so i mean that whole puppet took me about a month to make but wow. that's that's typical it's probably more like two weeks but i mean 13 special i couldn't shortchange her i had to oh, put no. all that time in <laughs> it's, it's good to know it grows on you <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have a huge question about the animation and uh -huh. particularly the expressions on the puppets. How much is that is practical? Because it seems like it could be computer generated. I can't really tell. I guess that's just a testament to how well it's done. Ah, thanks. But but well, how much? Go ahead. Oh no! Finish your question. No, I was going to say, well, how much of practical versus computer generated um, effects do you use in your show? Yeah. Well, we we do practical whenever we can. Uh, specifically talking about the faces, 
Um, the doctor puppets are really uh, kind of unique because their faces don't move much. It's the only thing that really moves on them is the mouth, and that's a sticker. They don't <sighs> have eyebrows that can move. The eyebrows are painted on, and the eyes are just little black dots, and they don't move. Um, a, a couple times we've had to close their eyes because, like, one time the 11th Doctor had to be asleep in an episode. So it's like, okay, fine, I guess I have to give him eyelids because otherwise we won't know he's asleep. <laughs> but generally, as a rule, they don't blink, and which is funny for Doctor Who fans. Don't blink. Um, and the eyebrows have never moved. So all there is is a sticker. So generally, it, it's, it's just that. It's literally a sticker. I have a whole sheet of them, all the stickers we've ever made. We make a custom sticker. We stick it on that sheet, and we hold on to it. So I have you know dozens of them. Of course, we rip them all the time and have to make new ones. They're just uh, It's a piece of black paper, and we put um, beeswax on the back, and then we stick it on their face. So when you watch it and they're changing expressions, that's all it is. It's just us. Um, wow. You know, taking a photo, pulling the sticker off, putting a new one. Usually it's just one sticker to another. There's no in-betweens. It's really just two shapes. There are exceptions. Um, going back to that um, that animation that Aaron did of Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman for the documentary, um, because, as I, I said before, she only had a day to animate it. Um, when you have dialogue like that, you have to do something called a track reading and you have to do the lip sync. So that's all usually done in in advance. So if you were doing stop motion, you would have already read the track and you would already have an exposure sheet, which basically tells you, um, each frame, it does a breakdown of the animation. So like on frame two, I need this mouth and frame four, I need this mouth. So you would have your mouths all planned and you'd basically Uh have like, you know, you might literally have a box with all the mouths lined up with the numbers on them telling you which frame we didn't have time for that um (laughs) so aaron just animated the puppets with no mouths and then um uh we had to turn it around so quickly so she animated um like during the the day she had the day off from work and she animated and then i came home from work and then i (laughs) took her frames into after effects and I oh, think I used the um, puppet's eyeballs as tracker markers so I could just have After Effects track the faces around. And then I did the lip sync reading in After Effects. And then I parented the mouths to the tracker dots of the eyes, if that makes any sense, if anyone's technical. <laughs> it's not that difficult. It sounds difficult. It's actually really easy. So if you look at that, those mouths are digital. So, But they're wow. just black silhouettes so you can't really tell and i have same thing i did the same thing in the planet not not, sorry not the planet the how the doctor puppet same christmas same thing and that i didn't do as well there's some digital mouths in there too because i had to animate so quickly i didn't have time to plan the facial the mouth expressions the face expressions ahead of time so i did it in post but you know for the most part mouths are stickers and then as far as other effects go i mean we try to do a practical we can but dr puppet has a lot of digital stuff i mean this this episode especially that we're working on now every single shot is against a green screen um because the background we can't do practically there's a lot of space backgrounds and stuff so anytime there's a space background that's just a green screen um you know we try to do a lot practical but there's no you know dr puppet heavily relies on green screen and after effects um unfortunately that's a lot of that it's just the the constraints i shoot it all in my apartment um in new york city i don't have a lot of space and you know we we don't have the option to make a lot of sets sometimes like they're just not possible for us to make whenever we can we make it 
but when we can't, you know, we have to rely on digital and, you know, that's kind of something, uh, that I have to concede to sometimes, even though I don't like it. Um, you know, I really love stop motion. I liked it to be as practical as possible, but you know, maybe one day I'll have a bigger space or I'll, I'll, I'll be working on a project that it doesn't take place in outer space, which is, um, is kind of my goal for my next film. I don't want it to take place in outer space. I want to, I want to <laughs> do something a little more grounded that I don't have as many green screens for. <laughs> Normally, when I or, well, Clarence and I do interviews such as this one, I ask a question that I'm going to revise specifically for you, which is this. Who is your favorite Dr. Puppet? Ooh, um, right now, I think it's it's still 12 because he is the puppet I've spent the most time with. So I feel the most attached to him, even though 11 is kind of the star. Um We've been making Doctor Puppet so long that the face of Doctor Who for the majority of that time has been twelve. So, um, you know, he's kind of been my little buddy for um, you know, for over four years. Um I he's gone so many places with me. Little twelve and I have gone to um England and we've gone to France and uh just in the US, where did we go? We went to well, we've been to several different conventions. We've been to California. We've been to Missouri. That was a fun one. We went to Georgia. Um, so we've been all over the place together. So, yeah, he's really, he's very well-traveled. And 11 is too, but 12 kind of has, uh, he's really gotten around with me. So, oh, uh, he gets to be your companion. He's been, exactly. I He gets to be my companion and he gets to get, you know, put in luggage and put on airplanes, <laughs> you know, Um and then, you know, sometimes I put him in a really silly place and then someone asks me what I'm doing and I have to explain, um, <laughs> which is always fun. Um, although that will say Americans are far more curious. The, the Europeans and the British people were kind of just, you know, looked at me doing something weird and then let me be. Americans are much more inquisitive and um, will be like, what is that? And <laughs> <laughs> so it's always um always hard to explain if they don't know what Doctor Who is. If they if they do know, they'll be like, Is that a tiny Peter Capaldi? I, then I have to explain it to them and they're like, That's interesting. Um yeah, so it's it's twelve for now. And you know, maybe one day it'll be thirteen. And I, I like I love them all, of course, but you know, I, I have to I have to give props to twelve for being such a great companion. Let me ask you about your YouTube channel. <laughs> Today, before we got started, I went to your channel, and you are well over 70,000 subscribers. So tell us, what is your favorite story of how having your channel, how has it impacted you? Yeah, great question. I mean, it's it's been great. Like, um, you know, the the YouTube channel has... (laughs) done some really great stuff i mean i've gotten to go to all these different conventions and i think the the single greatest interaction that has ever happened at a convention was new york comic-con um uh, maybe four years ago at this point quite quite a while ago um i was there with with rachel uh, um who does quite a lot of animation for dr puppet we were um in a hallway at new york comic-con a very busy hallway just trying to like catch our breaths and I was holding, I think, the 11th Doctor at the time. So I was holding him. And uh, people did recognize us, which was pretty cool. Well, they didn't recognize us. They recognized us holding (laughs) the puppet. 
and um, this guy in, dressed as Batman walked by. Um, he took a few steps past, and then he kind of whipped around to the double take, and he said, "Is that Doctor Puppet?" And then he started freaking out, full, <laughs> full Batman, uh, having a meltdown, um, seeing the puppet in person. That's hilarious. So that, you know that was great. Um, and then a, a, another one at. I believe this was also near Comic-Con a different year because I remember I had the 12th Doctor with me and I was with Aaron. So again, well, we, you know, we, <laughs> me and Aaron and Rachel are, you know, we're always um, doing stuff together for, for Doctor Puppet. I remember I was with Aaron, same thing, near Comic-Con. We were in Artist Alley, just catching our best. I had the 12th Doctor Puppet out and a guy very casually came up to me and said like, oh, um, that's cool. It's the, you know, it's like, it's like from that YouTube channel. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's my YouTube channel. And he was like, <laughs> he was like wait, that's, that's the real thing. And he's like, that's the real puppet from the channel. And you're the person who made it. I said, yes. Like he thought that I was cosplaying myself or something <laughs> like he, he didn't quite understand when he came up to say that he didn't realize that we were really those people. And that was the puppet. And a lot of people ask me if that's like, that you know that can't be the puppet i was like of course it is i don't have backups like this is it <laughs> so these are the stars and then um so that's fun it's been it's been great i mean youtube is is tough for animation it's really not ideal um i don't really see myself as a youtuber and i don't really do youtuber stuff because i only release like one video a year and so i'm not really a youtuber but it's been a great platform i can't really complain about it but it's definitely not ideal for animation i'm not you know i'm not there making a daily vlog about the experience i'm you know i thought about doing some vlogging about behind the scenes but i'm not a vlogger it's not going to be that interesting you know i i'm an animator i i'm a puppet maker i'm an artist so you know, I, I'm, I'm here to make Dr. Puppet and release Dr. Puppet. I'm not here to release filler videos. Well, let me make this minor correction on what you just said, <laughs> which is I watched your video right before we started, literally right before we started where you did. And I think it was probably maybe back in 2013 where you had the 11th Dr. Matt Smith puppet and you were talking about oh, yeah, the yeah. hair. I've done behind the scenes videos. Thanks. Yeah, I haven't done one in a while. We did them in the beginning, but the filler, I mean, I don't consider those filler videos, but yeah, but yeah, I haven't done them many. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I tried to do some behind the scenes and we I do one or two after every video. Um, like after the, which one did I do the TARDIS video for? The... 12 Doctors of Christmas. Yeah, the 12 Doctors of Christmas. I did a little video that was like kind of how there were so many different TARDISes in that video. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so we, we do a, a little thing here and there. But what I try not to do is release videos where I just give updates and basically say we're still working on it. Although I might do one when I finish animating sometime this week or over the weekend. When I do that final shot, I might make a YouTube video just to announce that the animation is done because people keep asking me. So it, it is done. And that's the biggest hurdle by far in any Dr. Puppet video is the animation. And this episode has um, about 150 shots in it um, that we had to do. Yeah. Something like that, about 150 shots. Um, although it's, it's hard to count them. You'll see why it's very strange. <laughs> um, 
but that was a lot to animate. So out of 150, there's half a shot left. And then uh, it should be smooth sailing, knock on wood. Um, I am planning to release the Doctor Puppet finale in September, which should be about a month before series um, uh, 11 premieres. Good timing. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't totally know the the release date, but all signs point to October. So I've got one yeah. final question before we wrap up, which is what other type of work have you done that you would like to talk about uh, or anything else that you want to share that might be your next mm. big venture? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I can talk about what I've done other than Dr. Puppet. Instead, I, I've been a professional animator, so I've been doing animation for about 10 years and I haven't done a lot of puppet stuff lately other than Dr. Puppet. I love puppet making and, and I love stop motion. It's what I started doing at the beginning of my career. I did some commercials and music videos, but ultimately I ended up uh, working in preschool television doing animation because there was just more work doing that. So I worked on um, the Wonder Pets and uh, Team Umizumi, two Nickelodeon oh, shows. Wow. That's cool. where I met Aaron. So we both worked on those shows together. Another. Yeah. Um, great preschool animator and then um so i've done that kind of stuff and the last couple of years though i've gotten out of preschool television i've been working in digital media um for youtube stuff actually dr puppet helped me get into that space already having an established youtube presence um helped me get work um working on other people's youtube channels so i've done some of that stuff and right now i mostly do animation that you see on snapchat so you know because <laughs> youtube is so 2013 so now i do snapchat <laughs> but and dr puppet's not on snapchat that's just my day job um and, and rachel is kind of the same thing she's also an animator who's worked on um recently she's worked on a lot of netflix shows so that's all the kind of stuff that, that that's our background other than Dr. Puppet is, is working on that kind of that kind of stuff. We're all pros. So, uh, you know, Dr. Puppet truly is uh, weekends and evenings and in between. Um, Aaron and I were working on a show together and we got laid off and we were able to make a Christmas video in three weeks because we didn't <laughs> have a job. That was great. Um, so that's, you know, that's so it goes. Um, you know, I still have a day job. Dr. Puppet's not anyone's full-time job that's why it's taken us so long um but it's really opened doors for me i've been you know it's been really you know it's paid off in a lot of other ways um so i have i have some things cooking that we'll uh, we'll see what happens in the fall um can't really talk about everything i'm working on but uh i mean my my big personal goal that i can talk about is i want to make a stop motion film that's not doctor who related um, I'm kind of ready to take a step and, and make a film that doesn't use someone else's intellectual property as much as I love Doctor Who. It's, it's, you know, I'm putting all this work into something that I don't actually own the characters or, or the TARDIS or anything like that. So it's slightly limiting professionally. Um, and I really want to do film festivals and things like that. So I have a script I'm working on for a horror film. Um, so that's something that's kind of different. Um, you know, it's not cute and <laughs> it's not, um, sci-fi. Um, it's horror. It's a little grittier. It doesn't have very much green screen in it. <laughs> like I was complaining <laughs> before the whole thing is set in a forest. So I'm very excited about hopefully being able to make that film and, and making a, a very practical set 
and really being able to just put the camera in the forest with the characters and not have to worry about compositing a space background in later. Very excited for that. So we'll see. That project's um, a ways off. And, um, you know, I, uh, but that's that's my goal um, because Dr. Hubbard's been, been great. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think that with 12th Doctor leaving and, and 13 about to start, it was kind of perfect timing for us to wrap up with the finale, honestly. And um, we'll see what happens next. But um, that's my big plan. That's the big plan. Perfect. Well, I would like to go ahead and extend an invitation, an open invitation on behalf of Discussing Who, Clarence Lee and I. You have an invitation to come back and talk about these whenever you get ready. Ah, thanks. Oh, I would be so pleased. Yeah, hopefully. I think uh, there's a lot of crossover with Doctor Who and horror. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be a project that uh, people are still into. So, Clarence, do you have anything else that you can think of that I might have missed before we close? No, I just want to, once again, thanks, Lisa, for being on. And uh, we really enjoyed you. Uh, it's been very informative. And yeah, I can't thanks. wait to see the ending. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, no, thanks so much for, for letting me talk. It makes me excited to go, uh, yeah, go work on it more so I can get it done faster. But it will happen in, in September. I am fairly confident and i'll make one of those filler videos i don't like making where i'll probably announce that formally maybe next week um just so everyone knows that um, we are i mean people keep asking me how, how's it going where is it and i used to not know because there was such a big pile and a lot of it depended on me and aaron and rachel's availability to be able to animate but um 2018 turned out to be really good for us to having availability so we really powered through a lot of animation so really, it's smooth sailing from here until uh, September. Oh, and I even have, um, I'm going to go to England in August to uh, go see Scott, and uh, we're going to record the music, So, which is great. And it's the first time I am going to be there in person when Scott records the music. <laughs> so it's the first time I'll ever be, Scott and I have, have met a few times, but I've never seen him actually um uh, do any music stuff which is crazy I've never been there when he really was uh, recording it so that'll be really fun I can't wait to be there when we make the soundtrack for episode, for the finale which is going to be epic like Scott has amazing plans it's going to be live strings we're, we're going all out because it's the finale so expect crazy things um, coming in September <laughs> <laughs> Clarence and I will be back to wrap up the show after this break everyone we are back and thanks for listening and thanks again for elisa for coming on with us so clarence are you ready to go make the discussing who puppets now <laughs> oh not a chance it would be quite horrible quite yeah horrible. yeah I, I think so too uh, yeah so yeah that, that that was really cool i mean it was nice hearing how she has taken like for instance it was the, you know the 12th doctor puppet all these different places with her and that they that they don't realize that she is who has created these yeah and just how she's milled milled practical with digital and 
using all these different tools to create this world. And it's just like a wonderful project. And I, I hope she keeps doing it. <laughs> you, you know, it, that made her me, team. actually. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that makes me think of how lucky you and I are, and especially those that are younger than we are to grow up in a age of technology where you can make something like that and meld it with technology and create something so extraordinary like that. Yeah, man, if you want to do anything, it's, it's more than likely only a Google away. So uh, definitely, if you're interested in something creative or otherwise, it's just you should go after it, man. You should go after it. Absolutely. So for anyone listening, if you would like to check out the other things that Clarence and I are doing and are involved in check out discussingnetwork.com and that will have all of our shows so thanks everyone for listening and we will be back next time discussing who is brought to you by audible you've probably heard of audible but just in case they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks they have more than 180,000 titles let me say that again 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song, and they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant, the list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.